Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Just got the funniest tweet from Afro Marv. Did you know about this back in March, Q? Why didn't you report on it back then? Talk about Jimmy G and his foot. I didn't know about it. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. I didn't know about it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't report it because I didn't know it. We were told about it today at 9 a.m. That's when we found out about it. We all knew that there was an injury to his foot. When you're talking about Jimmy G, that's why That's why he didn't finish the season for the 49ers. That's why he didn't play in the playoffs for the 49ers. We knew that he was delayed a day from signing his contract. But nobody was told in March, oh, Jimmy G's got to have foot surgery or whatever the case may be. Nobody knew that then. Why would, why would, why would I know in particular back in March? Don't worry, Afro Marv. I've got this. Q, we all know that you and Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are the best of friends. You're basically <laughs> a part of the inner circle, okay? Don't try to BS us now. Yeah, I, I got guess. you, Afro Marv. Yeah, all I right? guess. If he's holding out on me too then at this point, you're right. Hey, man, look. <laughs> I'd be the, I'd be the man if I if I had had this back in March I'd be the man. <laughs> I also yeah I don't think you would have kept a secret that long. Right exactly <laughs> hell. Don't you know I do it? There's a reason why they don't tell me things because they know I do a three hour radio show a day and I'll get going and I'll just tell it all. <laughs> yeah so Afro Marv sorry about that one debunk that one real quick. Yeah sorry <laughs> sorry dude you think I could hold hold water that long? Come on man, thought you knew me better than that. I would ne- – man, three – that's – what was that, March? What are we, almost in June? You're giving me way too much credit, dog. <laughs> You're giving me way too much credit. But we do want to hear from you. Uh, regardless of how you, you – you, you, whatever you got to say, we'll take it. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Got a lot of feedback coming through by way of the text line. Vegas Pete said, Q. I shake my head sometimes hearing reply texts or calls from so-called diehard Raider fans who are rooting for us to fail. Jimmy G is a great example. Some of these armchair coaches somehow think they're smarter than Dave Ziegler. That's Vegas Pete. And I've said that before, too, especially with this staff, that I feel like that there's a, a small portion. I think that, you know, the feedback you get on Twitter and I think the guys that really, you know, bark the loudest are probably a small portion. But I do believe that there's a small portion of the fan base that, wants to see the team fail just so they could say that they were right. And I, I've, I think that that's sad, but I don't think it's as a big of a community as it may appear. Again, Twitter is such a small, small portion of the fan base. Not everybody's on Twitter for a great reason. It's a cesspool. You'll get going down a rabbit hole that you can't get out of. Believe me, I've been down a bazillion rabbit holes. <laughs> right? So, uh, you know, I, but I, I just, it, it kind of is what it is. A lot of people think that, you know, they they know better than the coaching staff and this, that, and the other. And so, you know, they just want to have their voice heard. I honestly, I don't care who the coach is, and that's no disrespect to Josh McDaniels. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who the GM is. I care about the team getting back to winning like they used to back in the day. 
I want to see Raider Nation so pumped up and happy. And in Allegiant Stadium, I want people to come to the torch right when we're doing the pregame show and be fired up because they're not going to ask me, Q, you think you got a W today? They're going to tell me, Q, it's going to be a fun day today, going to whoop up on an insert team. Like, that's what I look forward to. That That's going to be the day when I feel like that that's the great payoff. And I'm not guaranteeing that that day is coming anytime soon because I don't know that. But that is the great payoff right there. That is when I'll look back and say, man, it was all worth it, right? It was all worth it because, man, this is fun. Winning is fun. I don't care what sport you're covering. I don't care what level you're, you're, you're covering it at. Winning is fun. Covering a team is fun. That's a winner. And talking about a team is fun. That's winning. It's just that simple. So, you know, I think that the small, I think that the fan base that you know doesn't mind the team failing because they want to be right is probably smaller than we all believe. It's just they're the ones that are barking the loudest. Uh, let's see. We also got a text from uh, Jim. Oh, Jim from Yonkers hit us back. He said DC has twice as many stats in his career as Jimmy G. I know he sat behind Brady, but when Brady was suspended, he could not stay healthy for four games. As far as the new fair catch kickoff rule, it helps at the end of the game now. Time is saved on a fair catch. That's one to two extra plays that matter if you're within one score. The talent of good kickers is being diminished. Thank you, Jim from Yonkers. And, yeah, I mean, there's there's always parts of it that you can say, oh, that's a plus, that's a plus and everything. But uh, you're right. I, I think that good kickoff returners are being diminished, and I believe that good kickers are being diminished as well. I was really hoping we were going to get to talk to Daniel Carlson today just because I wanted to get his thoughts on on uh, you know the new kickoff rule and how he has to adjust as a really good Pro Bowl kicker, and obviously he you know butters his bread by kicking field goals and and putting up points on the board for the Raiders, but he also does a really good job with the kickoff and placement of the kickoff uh, as it's supposed to be. AJ Cole the same way uh, with the Raiders uh, as the Raiders punter. So there's that. So thank you so much for those texts. I do appreciate you, and you can keep those uh, coming in at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R now. I do want to get to Devontae Adams, uh, and it's funny because on this show it's really been uh, a non-story when it comes to the, the article in The Ringer by uh, Mirren Fader. And the reason it's been a non-story for us is because we had her on the show, <laughs> right? I mean, the day that the article dropped, we had her on the show, and she explained and, and really broke it down that there's really nothing to see here. Like, this is not what everyone thinks it is. Everyone thinks that Devontae's so upset with the organization, doesn't see eye-to-eye eye with the coach. Like, she debunked all that. And if you missed that interview, lvsportsnetwork.com, you can check out everything we do. It was really good stuff. It was probably about 20, 25 minutes of conversation with Miriam Fader, and it was more than just the eye-to-eye, don't-see-eye-to-eye stuff. It was about Devontae as a person, as his growth and everything. I mean, it was, it was really good stuff. So it hasn't been a story. Once we talked to her, we took a couple calls on it, we took a few texts on it, and we were done with it. It's been everyone else from Colin Cowherd to others in the national media, people texting me that I know friends like, hey, man, is Devontae on the trade block? And I was like, no. Right. I mean, it, you know, to the point where I, I just ignored the conversation because I know it's, it's a it's a non story. Well, Devante is tired of the conversation and wanted to show that it was a non story. So he was very adamant about being the first to the podium today following practice. And Vinny asked him the first question, you know, and kudos to Vinny. He's kind of godfathered into that. Asked the first question role. He asked the first question about that article in the ringer. And, well, here's a very lengthy answer from one Devontae Adams explaining the article and, and, and just how he was feeling about it. Well, I mean, it's, no, it's not really setting the record straight. I mean, I think a lot of things get taken out of context when you don't have uh, an interview to look at or people don't know the full story. So at the end of the day, I mean, 
you know, there's going to be opinions and there's going to be, um, you know, you're not always going to see things the exact same way, but the, you know, when you, when you've earned a, a right to have an opinion or you, um, you know, you see things a certain way, or even, you know, going into the, the operation this off season, obviously, you know, I made poke fun at having Aaron here a lot. And why would I not talk about having, you know, best quarterback to play the game and a guy who I have a lot of history with. So that's who I had on my mind initially. So, you know, that was never a slight at Jimmy. I didn't even know we were, you know, pursuing Jimmy. So it had nothing to do with any of that. And then obviously I put something on social media saying, um, you know, don't hit me up. Don't stop hitting me up if I haven't talked to you recently. Don't don't hit me up about this 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 stuff. And that was I already said what that was about. That was clearing up the whole, um, you know, me just getting bombarded with messages like, oh, what's going on? How you feel about this and this this and that. So I mean, that could have been anybody. Um, but at the end of the day. Um, like I said um, a couple times now, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to, to work with you know the new guys and Jimmy's a great guy, love him to death. Um, I didn't know him very well before he got here, but getting to, getting to work together a little bit, be around each other, um, getting to know him, you know he's a he's a great guy and definitely excited to get to work with him and, and everybody else that's in here. Um, you know, as far as the the front office, I mean. I haven't had a relationship in, you know, in the past, this is 10 years for me in this game. And I haven't had a relationship like what I have with those guys. So everything's get taken out of context. I wouldn't be here. I mean, I told you guys right after the Derek thing, you know, I was here to stay and I wasn't going anywhere. So you can, you can take, you can grab something and run with it if you want, just, you know, to, to get clicks. And that's what, that's what people often do with me and, and things that I say, whether I misspeak or if I speak up, um, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm a Raider and I'm excited to to be here. I love I love my my head coach and I love the the general manager here and everybody. I mean from the from the top to the bottom. So um, I have no reason to lie. I mean one thing I don't do is BS. So I'm not gonna make anything up when it comes to that. I'd rather keep my mouth closed if if I have negative things to say. But when I say that these are some some good men in this in this place that I I really value the relationship that I have with them. I mean that. So. You know, that's, that's about all that needs to be said for that. Devontae Adams right there. First question asked by Vinny Bonsignor about the article in The Ringer and, you know, just trying to clear the air if he needed to clear the air. And you said it's not really clearing the air. And I, and I love the the time that Devontae takes with his answers. And he's been like that. He's genuine. It's not like this was a first-time thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed. Like, sometimes I just have to pinch myself and realize the position I'm in. I got to talk to Devontae Adams at least eight times last year in the locker room after a game. And what you just heard right here with him being real and giving a nice, like, two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute uh, long answer, that's what he did in the locker room following games. Win, lose, whatever the case may be, he gave the honest answer. It was never trying to sugarcoat anything. You know, if it was a bad loss, he said it was a bad loss. If it was, uh, you know, a good loss, it was a good – or not a good loss. There's no such thing as a good loss. But you know what I mean. Like, no matter what the case was, he let us know exactly how he felt. And that's what he said – Right there. And and one of the things that stood out to me was the fact that he's never been in the position where his voice matters. Right. And not that everyone in the locker room doesn't matter because they do. But he's in a position of, well, that's Devontae Adams. He's uh, a very valued member of this team. He's in a leadership role. You know, let's run this by Devontae and see what he thinks. Does that mean that everything Devontae wants he's going to get? No. Right. It's just like. It's just like in the building. Like, I can go to Natalie anytime I want. Hell, I can walk across the street and go to Natalie's house and tell her, hey, this is what we need here at the radio station. And she'll listen, right? She respects me enough to listen to what I have to say. And maybe she'll think it's a good idea and give me the two thumbs up. Or maybe she'll say, yeah, 
no, this is why we're going to do it this way. And I'll say, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So he's now in a position where his voice, he could speak up and say something, and at least it's going to be under consideration. So uh, here's Devontae Adams just talking about sharing his voice uh, and, and obviously being a, a big vocal person in the media as well. Correct. I mean, it's, I've, I've never been um, encouraged to speak up and share my feelings with the organization the way I have with, with these two guys. I mean, and I felt that from the first time that I got the call from them right after getting traded that that's the type of, you know, um, environment I was going to be coming into just based off of what they heard about me, the respect they have for things I've done on the field. And, um, you know, I try to give them that, that respect back. And obviously sometimes things get said and, and taken out of context, like I said, and um, it's never my intention to, to bring any type of negative attention or, um, you know, throw off the focus of the team or whatever, which did not happen, by the way. Uh, we got a lot of guys in here that know me well by this point and, no, my intention is no, I just want to win. I'm here to try to win a Super Bowl like everybody else is on their team. Um, uh, so that's that's really my only focus. I'm not really – the thing is with me, and I've I'm, – I'm unapologetically me. You know, at the end of the day, I truly do not care what people have to say. So when I'm, when I'm clearing things up and talking about this stuff, a lot of times it's me protecting other people that were involved. Like I don't ever want Jimmy to feel a way, think that I – didn't want him here or I, I don't like him or I don't want Josh to feel like, you know, or, you know, I post a picture with Ziggs and then they're like, oh, is it, is it Josh that he's, is he, is, that must be the, the real problem. So y'all can do that. If you're that bored, like go, go play Monopoly or because. <laughs> so there you go. Devontae Adams telling you if you're bored, go play Monopoly or, or some blank. But, you know, again, I, I like how he says I'm unapologetically me. Right. And that he doesn't really care. And I think that more of us need to take that approach and not really care. Uh, and I know that I'm guilty of it as well. I end up caring way too much about a lot of different things and I shouldn't. But a lot of times you can't help yourself. And so he's saying that he's talking about what he's talking about today or what he talked about today at the podium is more for the other guys, like a Jimmy G, so Jimmy knows, hey, Devontae's got my back. So Coach McDaniels knows, Devontae's got my back, this, that, and the other. And Coach McDaniels was asked about Devontae, too, and he was like, I, I don't have a problem with Tay. Like, we don't have any problems. We're good. And, you know, you could take it for what it's worth, but I think coming from Devontae, I think that carries more weight when you're able to hear that. So that's enough of the, you know, clearing up the air or whatever the case may be. I think that Devontae gave us about 17, 18 good quality minutes and maybe even more than that earlier today. And that, that, was, that, that was great, right? I mean, I think that that set a really good tone for OTAs and the first time that we had an opportunity to be out there and talk with him and other players. I think that it set a really good tone and kind of let you know where his mindset is going into this year. So if there's any concern that Devontae wants out or Colin Cowherd's idea of him getting traded to the Jets was a good idea, like just go ahead and put douse that with water. You know, put that fire out. That was never there, but you can go ahead and put that out. You heard it from the man himself. Now, moving on with a couple more sound bites uh, from Devontae Adams earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center is about the performance. You know, how is Devontae, after year one, really good year, 1,500-plus yards, 100-plus catches, and 14 touchdowns. That's a really good year. That was year one under Coach McDaniels. Obviously, he didn't know everything. He was still learning the system. So how is he feeling going into year two with head coach Josh McDaniels? I mean, I'm just in a whole different spot coming in now. It's like, you know, last year it was – it's almost like taking the same course twice. You know, you you take algebra once, which I've never done. I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever experienced that. But, um, 
Yeah, taking the same course you go in, you take algebra the first time, you never heard of algebra, you never dealt with it before, and you know, you've you've taken calculus before, trigonometry, and then this is a whole you gotta unlearn everything about trig and then go to this now. So that's that was part of the, the kind of adjustment for me was unlearning some of the things that I knew before that, you know, is obviously gonna be a little bit of a, a bastard in, in this offense. And um, you know, once you once you can let go of some of those things, you can now play a lot faster. Um, just be flowing. It's not as much, you know, just stressful nights trying to study to, to you know, memorize what I'm doing here and doing there. And I, also the, the coaches simplified some stuff for us and made it a little easier coming back too. So, um, like I said, it's, again, it's kind of a we fit, we fed off each other there to make it a little bit easier. There you go. There goes uh, Devontae Adams just talking about year two with head coach Josh McDaniels and, and learning and having to relearn and take a course twice or whatever. And it's so funny when he said that, and I heard you get a good laugh out of it, DeMond, when he said that. But when he said that, you know, he kind of laughed at everyone in the room, as you heard, laughed as well. I thought back to, to me immediately in high school. I remember taking Spanish one, and I did really good for the first semester. I did really good. And then the second semester, I was just terrible. So my brilliant idea for my sophomore year was I'll take Spanish one too. Because then, you know, I'll already be really good at Spanish 1, and then I could just learn Spanish 2 at the same time. Yeah, I failed. <laughs> it was not good. I did not do very well at all. That Spanish 1-2 came at me really quickly, and I thought I was ahead of the curve. I was like, oh, yeah, I know this. No. No, I didn't. Bro. Yeah, like, I had, that's what made me laugh because he had to put that disclaimer. Maybe some of y'all, right, but not yeah. me. I'm just saying, you know, for the sake of the example. Right. Well, it's funny because Paul asked them later. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, good friend of the show, he said, they didn't, you didn't have to take algebra at Fresno State? And he said, I'll not answer that question. So there you go. He never took algebra. We're here to play football, not play school. <laughs> right, right. We ain't here to do no math. We're here to catch touchdown passes. That's what we're here to do. No, but that's that was funny. But I immediately, I promise you, I immediately thought of me doing Spanish 1 and then trying to do Spanish 1, 2 and thinking, oh, that's all right. I'll just pick up where I left off. No, no, didn't work like that. Final soundbite I want you to hear from uh, Devontae Adams as he met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center was just learning from last year, the highs and the lows. And obviously with the Raiders only winning six games, there was plenty of lows. We know that there was the Kansas City situation. We know there was the Saints game where barely even uh, they barely even passed midfield. Uh, obviously they lost a lot of close games. So how did he learn and grow from last year? Uh, I don't there was nothing really. I mean, I wouldn't look at the KC incident as something that, uh, you know, obviously to say I learned from it, I don't want to say I didn't learn from it because that makes it sound like I'm not remorseful and stuff like that. But it was just a, an, an instance. It's not something that I, I needed that needed to happen for me to know that was not the right thing to do, you know. So it was just something that happened. So at the end of the day, it was more so learning from some of the stuff that happened on the field and learning patience, dealing with, um, you know, a new new coaches, new new system, and coming in being used to you know having 13 wins for three my last three years in Green Bay. Um, and another thing I talk to people about is understanding how the importance of um, I mean this is, is a little bit off topic, but just the quality of life too. Like just coming here and knowing because in Green Bay, I mean I kind of mentioned it. Um, I, I believe I mentioned it would be Marsh, but Green Bay we won a lot of games, but it still was a certain level of, I don't know if it's because we took it for granted or whatever, but now I have a better understanding for how good it feels to win. You know, so going through some of the trials last year and, and, and losing some of the games or a lot of the games that we should or could have won, um, you know, the patience and, and, and those kind of go hand in hand. And, um, 
I learned that it's, it's definitely not as easy as maybe we made it look before. So um, working with new guys and um, coming in with even more new guys this year, just learn basically I, I think patience is the biggest word at the end of the day. Devontae Adams right there just talking about learning from last year and patience. And, I mean, you could take that for granted, right? If you've just been winning at all times, um, then, you know, that's, that's something that you will take for granted. You'll say, wait, hold on, you know, what – What's, what's really going on? Why aren't we winning these games? We're supposed to be winning these games. So uh, I could totally understand. What did you think when you heard that answer there, Damon? Exactly what you said. Sometimes you do take for granted because, let's say, like losing the close games aspect, where I'm not saying that it's all credit to Aaron Rodgers, but when you're used to winning those games, it's like you just find a way to win. When, you know, going to the playoffs, you know, year after year, you just find a way to win. So when that doesn't happen, I'm sure it is a bit of a shock of, why aren't we just finding ways to win? Right. You know, because a lot of these times where, you know, like everyone always says it doesn't go back to one play. But, you know, it's just like it just happens. You know, oh, you get that fit, you get that break where you need it to. And, you know, you get that 30 yard gain. But I feel like with this Raiders team that maybe what he's used to being like a 30 yard gain. Now that's a 10 yard penalty. Right. And it's just like that getting used to it. Man, what's going wrong here? And then you take it for granted where, hey, man, maybe they didn't win that championship in Green Bay, but they just did so much consistent winning. Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. And so that's that's something that you can get used to. And so all of a sudden when you're not winning, when you're not succeeding at the level that you want to, you're wondering what the hell's happening. Right. And so he's got to just now, like he said, he appreciates the win. So that was the sound bites from Devontae Adams. Again, we got Mo Kill coming up talking all things NBA 430. A little side note. I want to go ahead and I'm about to tweet this out. I'm sure, Devon, you're looking at me like wonder what am I doing as I'm sitting in the home studio? I'm up here taking pictures of the TV. My uh, video of the Raiders doing some drills, some wide receiver drills, is up on NFL Network right now. I'm about to take a picture of it and uh, tweet it out. So there you go. Kind of cool. It says right there on the, on the screen. It says your boy Q. at your boy Q254. Hey, you got the credit. There we go. <laughs> and it's got my baseball profile picture from when I was in seniors, when I thought I was Ricky Henderson. There you go. My my uh, my picture and my video made made it on NFL Network, but uh, it was cool during seeing some drills that they were running today at uh, at practice. And and again, that's a part of being out there that that I really enjoy is being able to see some things that they're going. And of course, they're not popping pads right now, but you know, there's obviously time for that when it comes to training camp. But it's cool to cool to be out there and see those guys out there doing their thing at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I did want to. Also pass along with Afro Marv, who thought that we should know all this stuff about Jimmy G back in March. Uh, and I told him that we didn't know anything, and we just found out today. And he said, oh, seems like a big deal. Media who report daily on the team should probably know that. Maybe the Raiders are just good at hiding things. And, I'm th- and I'm, my response is, Doc, at what point are we around this team? Like, it was in March when he signed. We were there. He signed. And we haven't seen Jimmy since. And we've only been at the facility, like, what, once or twice? During the draft? He answered his own question. Right. They are good at hiding things where people always say, oh, Patriots was. Well, it's not. But But, the the thing about it is it would be one thing if it was during the season or during training camp and all of a sudden he's not there and nobody asks about it. We're not there to ask. Exactly. It's not like like we're at the facility. I mean, like, it's May. (laughs) We're talking about May 25th right now. This is the first OTAs we've been able to be at. Other teams and other you know media has been able to be at a lot of different practices this is our first one we get to so on the first day we find out that the quarterback is not available right now what else do you want also how about (laughs) this hey coach um is anything wrong with uh, jimmy as soon as he signs yeah no comment okay (laughs) right like he's just gonna tell you well i'm glad you asked because you got me under truth serum and I'll tell you the exact injury, you know, the actual metatarsal that's actually broken. I'll tell you that all now, just because you asked. Right. 
I that's funny. I just I don't I don't really understand what the expectations are at that point. But uh, here we are. We're talking about it now. So there's that. So Afro Marv, thanks for the tweet. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, we also got a quick text we'll get to, and then we'll take a break and get to Mo DeKeel to talk all things NBA playoffs. Just when Wendy said, I heard the Joshua Daniels interview, and when he talked about Jimmy G, I was like, wait, what? And I wasn't reassured by Joshua Daniels. Why didn't we know about this at all? Oh, and Q, you should hear what Rich Eisen said about this. Oh, well. And just Joshua Daniels said no games for three months. So it does matter. It doesn't matter who all is out on rehab. I guess nobody's playing in the preseason. Okay, that's my rant. Just win, Wendy. And, yeah, I mean, he's not going to – that's the thing about it. And, and that's what we've learned. You know, we kind of learned over the year what Joshua Daniels will tell us and what Joshua Daniels is not going to tell us. And he's not going to do a lot when it comes to breaking down injuries. He's not going to say, well, this guy's out. The timetable looks like this, that, and the other. He's not going to do that. He said it many times. I'm not going to put a timetable on that because he doesn't want to be wrong and he doesn't want to set up expectations and then it, and then it doesn't happen. So he's not going to ever give us a timetable on return. Uh, you know, Vinny asked, could Jimmy G be out till training camp? And he said, yeah, he could, you know, but that doesn't mean he will. So, you know, we'll see. Tyree Wilson, same thing. He's coming back from rehab. You know, Hunter Renfro, we haven't talked about Hunter Renfro yet. He wasn't even there today. Obviously, there's a lot of speculation on 13 and what's going to happen with him this upcoming season. He wasn't even there today. So, you know, with obviously Jimmy G being the quarterback, that conversation is is going to be, you know, the, the big headline. But there's other storylines as well around this team. And at the end of the day, it's also voluntary. So none of these guys were required to be there. But, you know, it's funny when you say voluntary in the NFL. Like, you know that you don't necessarily have to be there, but you probably should be there, right? Yeah, you ain't got to come here. It's not required, but it's almost required, right? It's almost one of those things where, you, yeah, you should show up if uh, if you can be there unless you definitely have something planned with the family. What did Bart Scott say? We treat everybody fairly, but not everyone equally? Or Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> everyone has the – everyone – goes by the same rules but uh they're applied differently for uh for everybody else like everybody's uh the rules aren't applied the same way so uh yeah that was a good conversation we had with bart scott when he was in the studio with us 427 is the time we'll take a quick break just win wendy thanks for that text we do appreciate you and afro marv thanks for your tweets as well mo to kill he'll join us next talk all things nba it's radio nation radio 920 now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q, q. we'll get back to your calls and texts Straight off that don't be broke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R, and of course, 702-365-9200. We'll get back to that after we talk a little NBA action, and when we do that, we'll turn to our good friend, Mo DeKeel, Bleacher Report, also the Athletic NBA Podcast. And, Mo, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you. And Game 5 is tonight between uh, Miami and Boston. And has has Boston found a little secret sauce, or do you think that that uh, Game 4 come back and, and, and win that game and, and keep their life, was that just a one-off? Or, or did they find something, uh, maybe a little hole in the in the armor of the Miami Heat? I don't know if secret sauce is make more threes. Uh, but they <laughs> did that in game four, and I felt like that was kind of – it wasn't just the th- that they made more threes. It's how they got to the threes in terms of more penetration and driving kick situations and more catch-and-shoot opportunities for their guys. And then I thought their defense was outstanding. So I think that's something – this is the Boston Celtics team everybody was expecting. It just took them four games to arrive. I think this is the uh, blueprint that they've always kind of had in mind. Defend well and shoot the three ball. And it just came together in game four. Why was – Go ahead. Well, I, I, just don't tr- I just don't trust their consistency. I don't yeah. know if we'll come together in game five. It's a game-to-game thing with them. 
Yeah, it, it, it blows my mind because I thought that, you know, Mo, the best way for them to play would to be ratcheted up on defense and, and everything else kind of comes to comes together for them quite easily. But it just it seemed like they weren't that dedicated to play a defense in this series. Yeah, they just weren't – they really just had it locked in in a way that we're used to from the Boston Celtics. Now, their defense has taken a step back this season compared to last season. But in general, it just – they didn't look as connected – as you as you would expect, mm-hmm. as, you know, leaving guys on an island against Jimmy Butler when Jimmy's rolling, and they're still doing that some in game in game four, but it worked better because Jimmy didn't make shots and he struggled himself. It's a, it, it's really not a clear answer as to why it's happening the way it is. It's just it's pretty evident though their defense is just not what it used to be. No, you're you're right about that. Again, we're talking all things NBA playoffs right now with Mo DeKeel here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. How big of an absent is Gabe Vincent going to be as he's out with an ankle injury for the Miami Heat? It's a huge absence. Uh, and, and, and it's not just the 25 points, you know, that he can put up on any night. It's more just the fact that Gabe allows it so that Kyle Lowry doesn't have to play 30-plus minutes a game, 35 minutes. In this instance, and that's where you kind of start to lose the, the Lowry minutes in that regard because the more he plays, the, at a certain point, it becomes diminishing returns. I think you tend to struggle with that regard. And I think his importance of just being another ball handler out there, it now means Jimmy Butler has to handle the ball more. Obviously, we talked about Kyle Lowry, but that means guys like Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, and all those guys have to have a little bit more added to their plate, and it's a question of whether they can do that or not. And then we all know when the playoff times that the rosters, you know, the rotations get a little bit shorter. Is there anyone that's going to be called up to have more minutes for the Miami Heat or someone who hasn't been in the rotation that get down now gets a look? You know, the honest truth is probably uh, guys like Duncan Robinson are going to get more minutes. They don't have anybody else. Victor Oladipo's hurt. Tyler Hero's hurt. Um, you know, unless, unless they're going to just activate Hero at the very last second, uh, I don't see a way for uh, – uh, I don't see a, a new name entering the, the fray for them. It's just going to be more minutes and a, and a heavier toll on those guys. It's going to be real important, I think, for them to close it out tonight. How, how impressive has it been, though, that they have guys that are coming up from the G League, guys that you had really never heard of that are contributing on, on a given night? I mean, this is kind of what Miami has done the last few years. You know, Duncan Robinson came out of nowhere was an unbelievable shooter. He lost his confidence, and everybody was, what's going on? But in that moment when he lost his confidence, Max Drew stepped up. And it's just kind of, this is sort of the development program that the Miami Heat have put together. And they use their G League team as well as any team in the NBA, creating opportunity for their guys. And those guys are taking advantage of it. It's, it's actually really kind of a great case study across the board for every team in the league and how to use your G League team. All right, I've got to turn our attention to the Western Conference Series. That The Nuggets, we already know that they're going to be in the finals as they beat the Los Angeles Lakers with that sweep. But Coach Michael Malone, he's basically telling the media, put some respect on not only the team's name, but Nikola Jokic's name. But for a two-time MVP, is he still underrated? Yeah, I think he is. And I think there's an element of, look, the NBA hasn't done a great job marketing him. Some of that's his fault. Mm-hmm. The best player in baseball is Mike Trout. I'm in... Southern California, he could walk into a restaurant. I would not recognize that that was Mike Trout. Like, there's an element of, like, uh, Nikola Jokic is a, he, he's kind of reluctant in that sense. Most people will recognize Jokic because he's pretty tall, but I think the, the, the element of just 
recognition and him not being wanting to be in the limelight so much is, is a big thing. Um, so he is a bit underrated in that regard to a lot of casual fans. Does it, I mean, you know, to us, he's not. We've all been watching basketball. We know how good he is. And I just think the under, I think for fans, it's a little bit more, the, the casual fans, it's some, this is a new experience. So then when that Nuggets offense, what makes them so good? Because it's one of the best offenses that I can remember. What actually makes them tick? Because it's also the MVP, but Jamal Murray, like I know it's more than a two-man punch, but what makes that offense so good? Yeah, I think it's just perfect synergy, starting with Jokic being completely unselfish. There are games where I'm screaming at him to be selfish. Take that shot. Shoot that. That's wide open. And whatnot. I think he loves the idea of passing and spreading it around. And his teammates play so well off of him, cutting the movement and, and, and the opportunities that they get. And then it kind of becomes contagious in that, that area. You know, he's, he's kind of, he's got to be one of the funnest players to play with in just the sense for these guys to have that understanding. And that's kind of one of the key components to their offense that makes it so special is Jokic's passing ability, his, his court vision, his sense of, you know, where his guys are going to be and where they're going to cut to. And I think those guys being willing members of, hey, we're going to cut, we're going to move, because we know if we're open, he's going to find us. And then, of course, you know, Jamal Murray's really good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he's a flamethrower. He can get hot. Michael Porter Jr. can knock down a bunch of threes in a hurry and some, some shots. I think, you know, you're going to see some stuff from Bruce Brown off the dribble that's been a lot of fun. And I think there's a lot of things you can watch it, when you watch this Nuggets offense, it's it's really just perfect cohesion with everybody involved. And you also got to give credit to Michael Malone for that. Moda Kills, our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We're talking all things NBA playoffs. And, Mo, there's a couple things I believe in, and I'll go to my grave and believe in this when it comes to the NBA. One is the Warriors score 100 points first. They, they win nine times out of ten times. And the other is when the Joker gets a triple-double, they're winning. Why is he so stinking efficient and able to, when he gets a triple-double, it's just about a guaranteed dub? He's just amazing. I mean, I, I, it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard to quantify, right? Because, like, if you look at him, you're like, whatever, this doughy dude, like, he's going to be dominant, you know, dominate NBA games. Like, yeah, he does. You know, there are games where he can have 10 rebounds in the first quarter. You know, it, it, it's, it's just the what he does impacts the game on so many levels, and he's improved defensively. He's at the point now where, like, that was one of his major weaknesses. Now it's not something that's so easy to kind of attack and, and, and pick apart because three teams have tried it throughout the playoffs, and none of them have succeeded so far. I think it's just his, you know, his motor, his drive, his basketball IQ is incredibly high. And his, his want to succeed, I think it's, it's, it's really important. And then, yeah, when he gets a triple-double because he can do that so easily, it's, it's really tough to overcome because that also means he's scoring whatever, 20-something points a game. Mm -hmm. But when he gets 10 or more assists, that's twos, that's threes. Like when you're looking at what he's doing overall, like he's, he's putting up 45 points, 50 points responsible for that for the Nuggets. No doubt, no doubt. And, of course, we'll talk about, you know, the finals when it's actually, you know, game, set, match, when we know for sure it's the Nuggets in the, the heat. I believe it is. But once once it's actually official, official we'll dive into that. But I did want to ask you, just kind of scattershoot around the league real quick. I saw reports about Doc Rivers possibly being the next Suns head coach. Do you like that if, if he ends up getting that spot? No, and, 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 and I'm almost just at the point the NBA needs to kind of get uh, over the fascination with Doc Rivers. Yeah, He had a great run in Boston, 
But let's be honest. When was the last time he left the second round? Exactly. He's got more. <laughs> he's his record of sixteen and thirty-three. I think the number was in closeout games. That's sixteen and thirty-three, and opportunities to close out a series. That's not supposed to be below five hundred, mm-hmm. or at least be close to five hundred in that case. He is so far below five hundred in that case. Like, how do you feel confident going into the playoffs with with that? And I think you know he won the championship in two thousand eight, and now it's it's we're almost we're fifteen years later, and we haven't really seen him get past the, the second round. I, I would have a lot of questions. Um, he made one finals run in that, sorry. But, like, since he left Boston, we haven't seen him get out of the second round. Right. And he's had a lot of talent, a lot of talent on those teams. So I don't think the uh, I don't think he's a guy I would want as my head coach. No, I wouldn't either. And I, I think, like you said, the NBA is just, you know, they just love them some Doc Rivers. And, and I don't see it. So there's obviously some other openings as well. Monty Williams was fired in Phoenix. Where do you think he ends up, or do you think he maybe takes a year off? I think Monty takes the year off. I don't think there's a there's a real rush there. I don't know, you know, Philadelphia would be a really interesting place for him. But I think the problem with the Philadelphia job that everybody's kind of looking at is nobody knows what's going to happen with James Harden, and right. nobody knows what's going to happen is if James Harden leaves, what's Joel Embiid going to want to do? Like, there's just so many questions to that. That's a tough job to take without knowing all of those things. And I think that's one of the things that's challenging with that. But I think he could do some interesting stuff with that team and with that roster as it stands right now. Uh, so I think that would be a good one for him. But after that, I, I think he probably takes a year off. LeBron said that he's going to have to evaluate retirement this offseason. Do you think that that's actually going to happen? And if he comes back, how much help does LeBron need to actually make another finals run? Yeah, I think I think he is going to evaluate it, but I think he's going to come to the same conclusion we're all going to come through. He's not retiring, guys. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, it's tough. Like this question gets asked to him immediately after he loses a game where he played, you know, almost the entire game and it was unbelievable but ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. I think you're when when you're looking at LeBron and, you know, how much more can he do? I don't know if he can do much more. I think the Lakers have to really kind of retool the the roster. Obviously, have to bring Austin Reeves back. Have to bring, I think, Rui Hachimura back. After that, they need to find a third guy. They need to find somebody that can take some of the pressure off LeBron. I know everybody's screaming Kyrie Irving. I still don't think that's a great fit. I don't think, in all honesty, he's really a winning player. But they need to find somebody that can come in and help LeBron so that it's not just LeBron and AD. Because I think LeBron's showing it now. Right. He He can't dominate for entire games. And they need somebody that can come in and really carry a load so that he can stay fresh throughout the games. We'll get you out on this. You mentioned Austin Reeves. I like the, the energy he brings. I like the way that he plays as an undrafted free agent uh, with the Lakers. What kind of contract uh, offer do you think he receives around the league? And do you think that the Lakers ultimately end up matching it? I think the – this might shock people, but I think he's going to get the, the, the full – his the max that he can get, which I believe is four years, $90 million. Whew. And I think that's a fair contract for him. Mm-hmm. If I'm every team, I'll tell you one team that I would keep an eye out that I would I would think would be would jump at the chance to get Austin Reeves. I would look at the San Antonio Spurs. You get Webb Miyama, You add. I like the core they have. You have Austin Reeves to that group, and they have a ton of money to spend with that. I think that's a great little core right there, and something you're building together with everything that they have. But I think ultimately, and this is the key thing, 
the Lakers are going to match anything that he gets offered. <laughs> they can't let that man walk. They really can't. He's, he's not just been as dominant as he's been. He's a fan favorite, and if they let him walk after the way they've let Alex Caruso walk, I just can't imagine the, the, the Laker organization really dealing with Laker fans well after that. I hear you. I like it. I like what he brings to the table. I really do, and I know he's going to get his bag, and, and that's great for him. Uh, you know, but, but hard work pays off, and and he's earned it as far as I'm concerned. Well, Mo, fantastic stuff. I know you do all the you know the live streaming during the game. Game five is tonight. What what do you got going on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, hey, come join me and Seth Partnow on Playback TV uh, slash Nerder Basketball. I think it is or Nerder Stream, something like that. <laughs> Just follow my Twitter account. Work. We're watching these games live. We have the ability to pull video clips during timeouts and things like that. And if the game gets bad, we veer off into very random topics, and it ends up being just kind of a fun time. Sounds like our show. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like our show. We just veer off into random topics, but that's what we do. If you want, want, the funny thing is we spend so much time, you know, over when, when we're watching on our own, criticizing the the announcers when they go on topics of like nobody wants to hear that, and then. Ten minutes into our first live stream, I turned to Seth going, like, we're doing what they, we've always hated. Right. <laughs> <We're> talking, whatever. <laughs> yep. You know, so exactly right. It does, and it's a lot of fun, and you guys do great work. Mo, thanks so much, man. We'll have to catch up once the finals are set, and uh, we, we can start breaking down what to expect. That sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thank you, brother. Mo DeKeel right there, Bleacher Report, also uh, Athletic NBA Podcast. does a fantastic job, and as he just mentioned, uh, you know, live streaming the games and talking about them and breaking them down, breaking down videos. And if you're one of those that really likes to deep dive into games and take another angle and look at it, uh, definitely check him out. And you can check him out on Twitter, as he mentioned. Just kind of follow his Twitter feed, and he'll uh, he'll tell you exactly what to do. At Mo, that's M-O DeKeel, D-A-K-H-I-L, underscore NBA. 446 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show just like that. This Thursday show is almost a wrap. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Mo DeKeel. Join us to talk all things NBA playoffs. It's so funny. Whenever you say something, and you, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, Damon, but it happened to me not too long ago when we were wrapping up with Mo. I pitched it to break, and as soon as I said this Radio Nation Radio 920, I realized there's something else I was supposed to say, so I tried to I tried to grab it. While it was in midair, I tried to grab it and throw it back in my mouth, and so I didn't so I didn't say it out loud, and it was too late, and you went to commercial. I wanted to ask for caller number nine to get hooked up with Aces and Lynx tickets, and I completely forgot. I completely messed it up until I, it was halfway out of my mouth, 920, and I'm like, no! <laughs> so I did it, so I messed up. So Raider Nation... 702-365-9200. Looking for caller number nine right now. You want to go to the game on Sunday, the LV Aces, the Minnesota Lynx. It'll be the third game of the, well, the next three little stretch that the, the Aces have. They play tonight, they play on Saturday, and they play again on Sunday. But two out of three will be at Michelob Ultra, Saturday and Sunday's game. We're going to send you to Sunday's game. Call number nine, 702-365-9200. So there you go. Demond standing by. And Demond, did you, did you catch it when I was – Trying to throw it back in my face instead of saying, oh, no. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't really have you off at the time because I was like, no, he's going to get it. Oh, nope. Okay. So uh, <laughs> people, like, there was a little bit of a Radio Nation Radio 920. Eh, oh, as, so as, everyone heard me yell, too? Little, eh, yeah. yeah that also, was I wanted bad. to keep Mo on longer because he was talking about on his live streams how they just go on the tangents. Yeah. Be like, oh, what do you think about Ty- Tyrone Hill? Was that the player yesterday that you were just? Yes. <laughs> I was like the ugliest dude in the country, man. 
That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, again, they'll just like Tyrone just- Hill's catching strays two days in a row, man. Like he didn't he didn't ask for that. He didn't ask for all that, but I, I hit him with it yesterday, and then you set him up for failure today. So uh, there you go. Uh, many thanks to the guests that we had on the show today. Fantastic guests from Vinny Bonsignor. We had Brad Spielberger as well from Pro Football Focus, and we just heard from Mo DeKeel, heard from head coach Josh McDaniels, heard from Devontae Adams. We didn't hear from Max Crosby. Maybe we'll get to some of those sound bites coming up on tomorrow's show. But I'll tell you right now, we've been working on tomorrow's show all week long, and I'm so excited about who we're having on the show, and just excited about the theme of the show tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. You don't want to miss it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say what guests are coming up on the show. Just please believe we're going all the way in on tomorrow's show. Very excited about it. So it should be a really fun time from 2 to 5 here on Radio Nation Radio 920, ending the week the right way, and not to mention heading into a three-day weekend as Memorial Day is on Monday, so we won't have a radio show. We won't be live and local on Monday. We're all taking the day off, uh, recognizing Memorial Day, not only for the three-day weekend, spend a little extra time with our families to get a little rest and relaxation, but also recognizing what the day means and what, what it's all about. So that'll be on Monday, so a little bit of a programming note. Uh, we won't be here. The morning tailgate will be off. JT will be off and myself and Demond will be off on Monday as our whole radio station building is actually off on Monday and it's one of the last vacations not vacations but days off holidays that we have for a while you know and then we all as I mentioned uh, we kind of get our our vacation times in try to figure out exactly when we're all going to get a chance to go I'm going to leave at the end of June for a week and then it's full throttle until well the 2023 season is over and it'll be around this time next year when I'm looking at a vacation again I mean we, we go we go hard in the paint. We try to bring you the best product that we can each and every day. We get a winner, Demond. That Shout you out to Jason. Yes, that Jason. Jason. Oh, Twilight. Twilight. Yep. Shout out to Twilight, man. Hook hook Twilight up with a pair of tickets to go see the Aces on uh, on Sunday against the Lynx. So that's cool. So there you go. A pair of tickets for Twilight. Hooking it up real quick. Uh, not mad at that at all. But again, definitely appreciate all the feedback. A lot of great calls, man. Raider Nation, you 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 brought it today. A lot of great texts. We appreciate you. Don't be broke.com text line. Upon further review is coming up next. Jesse Merrick, who's filling in for Eddie Pascal. He talks to Brian Hoyer, who right now is QB one. As QB one, Jimmy G is. Well, he's on the shelf for right now. So uh, you'll hear the conversation between Jesse and Brian Hoyer and a lot more. It's upon further review here at 5 o'clock. Of course, the Golden Knights are in action tonight and the Aces as well. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and we're action-packed. we got a full-throttle show, and I like to say. DeMond, fantastic job. Thanks to the Raiders for having us at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today. And thank you. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. Have a great night.